Mr. Brad. Hello, JP. Yo, what's up, doggy? How you doing? Good, brother. How you doing? Pretty good. Where in the world are you right now? I am in cold-ass Ohio right now. Uh, I bet it is cold. Freezing. So we are here today with JP de Lespinois, the man, one of the men over at Shot Over Cameras. Uh, if you've ever seen aerial footage, uh, if you've ever seen that little little bulb uh, sticking out from a helicopter uh, going around a city... JP is probably in the in the uh, co-captain seat and uh, making sure that all of the uh, footage is looking super buttery. He has worked with the BBC Discovery Channel, National Geographic, as well as Brain Farm Digital Cinema, where I met him on the project uh, Ty Evans project. We are blood. So super stoked to be here today with JP and discuss. All kinds of crazy shit related to the future of skateboard filmmaking, as well as camera tech and anything else. We always have interesting, wide-ranging conversations, so I hope you guys are as stoked as I am to sit here with JP for the next 45 minutes before he's got to go and probably jump in a jet plane and (laughs) film some rad shit. Yeah, JP. Let's nerd out. Let's do this. Yeah. So let's, Thanks for let's, having me, man. Yeah, of course, dude. Always, uh, always, always a pleasure to talk to you at any time. I know you're a busy dude traveling around the world and everything, so it's good to get you locked down. Time to date. Um, traveling has been quite hectic. I uh, actually just got back in yesterday um, from Korea. Oh, were you at the games? Yeah, I was at the games in Pyeongchang. Um, went to go watch the snowboarding. Actually went out there to go film. Um, it was a helicopter, but we got shut down uh, from the military. So the filming trip oh, turned out to vacation and catching up with some of the boys. Oh, sick. Yeah, it was good times. DG was out there, actually. Oh, was he? Yeah, it was sick, dude, seeing that's, DG. That's dope. How's he doing? Oh, he's doing great, man. He's a big boss man now, producing big stuff. So Hell brought yeah. me out there and uh, Greg Wheeler, Adam Kirschhofner, and Sharon. So it was a good old time. Sick. Damn, man. All right, cool. All right, well, let's jump into it then. Um, JP, give a little, just maybe like a, a quick background on uh, your kind of, uh, your 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 background in skateboarding as well as how you got involved in filmmaking, a little kind of maybe a little, little bio about you, where you're from, where you grew up, you know, just give, give the people a little uh, flavor of who you are. For sure. Um well, I grew up in New York, and my dad was a DP and director. So as a kid, I always had a camera in my hand. But in my other hand, I also had a skateboard. So I skateboarded, let's see, I think the first year was 1985, around three years old. And I kind of never stopped. Um, family moved to California, and the filmmaking was always a big part of my life. But I wanted to do a different path. So I actually went to college in Colorado and got real hooked on snowboarding and basically led to an endless three years of traveling around the world and doing nothing but snowboarding. During that process, I picked up a still camera and started taking photos of my roommate, this guy Hayden Seddon. He was a skier in New Zealand where I was living at the time. It was just absolutely insane. He was hawking off like 100-foot cliffs 
And I started taking a bunch of these photos and I was really stoked on them. Actually, like the first time I got stoked from an image or before it was kind of just like a family business. So one thing led to the next and I decided to kind of leave the whole snowboard scene and come back to Los Angeles where my family was and my friends and start to learn the craft of filmmaking. And uh, next thing I know, I'm in Africa working for the BBC doing 3D rig teching and aerial stereography, which is controlling how the 3D images look. And yeah, I kept running with it and got kind of hooked on helicopters. <laughs> sick, dude. Super sick. Well, I know, you know, one of the things that's been on my mind, one of the things that I've been all like, I've been like geeking out about recently. And I know like you work, you work a lot with red cameras and um, we saw that there were was, there was some news a while ago about the red phone. Ah, the red phone. Hydrogen the holographic phone. hydrogen phone. Yeah. And I know, you know, we had a we had a really good discussion uh, when I was in Bali about kind of like how, you know, you know, how filmmaking is really going to. You know, it, it's 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 getting to the level where it's like you don't necessarily need all of this like super gnarly equipment, you know, to film something that's that's rad. Like as long as you're telling the story well, the equipment pretty much, you know, it can can satisfy can satisfy your your requirements. And I think that like, you know, this new red phone is like is it's almost like it's bridging the gap between like super kind of like high-end filmmaking and iPhone filmmaking and like creating this niche where it's like now you you're giving the power to everybody that can afford this phone, you know, to, to create. So, yeah, I mean, and you said it right there. I mean, you can film, you can film anything on anything. It's a beautiful thing. Like, you don't necessarily need to have an 8K red monstro camera in order to film something rad. Um, <clears throat> some of my favorite films are tape to tape, like the old films back in the day from, God, Roger Bagley and Lee DuPont and Ty Evans. I mean, those guys, when they were editing, they were just filming on, like, tape and then literally editing in tape. So if you can start from back then, well, you guys can do the same thing right now. What I really like about the hydrogen phone is it's kind of bridging a gap. Um, you know, iPhones have kind of, and Androids, they've kind of taken over cinematography. Not cinematography, but people stills. Um, now, if something happens, there's 100 photos, 100 videos about it right away. Because people actually have a camera in their pocket, which is kind of really cool. And it's getting a lot of people into photography. And we've seen a lot of advancements in phones I actually use the iPhone X. I have to say, I'm like so blown away with the photos that you can get from it. It's oh, almost dude, they're nuts. Sad. It's almost kind of sad. It's like you get this beautiful like depth of field and like out of focus background and then you can control the image. And I mean, what you had to do five years ago, take a photo that good, you had to invest a lot of money into glass and a decent sensor. Now, technology is catching up and it's getting cheaper for nicer photos. And I think what Red's trying to do is kind of come out with a new product. They kind of see that, well, the phone is really becoming a camera. 
And what they're doing is that they're offering the highest display that anyone's ever seen right now. Um, I haven't seen it. Very few people have. But it's a 3D display that you could use without glasses. And to me, that's a huge step. Because what killed 3D in my mind, especially because I was so involved with the industry, was the fact that you had to wear glasses. People are just don't want to wear glasses and watch 3D. They want to exactly. see it conveniently. So it's a glassless 3D display, but it has something called, I believe it's called 4V, like a fourth dimension almost type of thing, where the image can actually now pop out of the screen, where before you were kind of looking into the screen and things were kind of playing a little bit before and then mostly depth. Now they're almost getting like a hologram view, which is really interesting to me because their new camera is somehow this depth. So we're not sure if it's one lens, if it's multiple lenses, multiple sensors, whatever it is, guarantee it's going to be good. Yeah, I'm actually looking right now on, uh, on, um, on, uh, on TechCrunch and they've got a little display of um, the of the uh, display and it apparently it's made by Lia L E I A. I have not heard about the display. What do they say about it? Um, it gives a completely different feeling. All the pixels are there, but instead of looking at a pic, you are immersed in the image. It's quite spectacular. We are showing prototypes now to to content producing partners in preparation for the hydrogen network. This will be the one place to find all 4V content online. Yeah, the major, so they, that's exactly, yeah. They're, they're creating a platform to view their 4V content and for people to share it. And then what's another fascinating thing about the phone to me, and this is kind of goes with Red's whole architecture of kind of, I think they call it obsolete obsolescence. There's a term coined by the owner, Jim Jannard. He, I think he uses it in his like, signature on his Red user post. But it's basically saying that he's not going to create a product and you're going to be left behind. Um, I've been in the Red family for quite some time. I bought their very first camera called the Red One. And since then, we keep turning in our bodies and upgrading to the latest and greatest so we could stay with the times. I think this phone's going to be the same thing. But what you're also going to see is you're going to see a whole range of modules. So the back of the camera has like this mating surface. So you can basically stick high-end lens or a camera sensor or some funky module on the back and interface with the phone. And so what I think you're going to see is you're going to have like image quality and sensors that you could purchase that might be as good as say the Red Dragon um, and some of their older sensors. I could see possibly could be these little modules that all of a sudden you got people shooting 6K on their phone out in the world. And it's going to be so cool to see where they're going to go with it. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I just got uh, disconnected. What, what were, where, where, where were we? Oh, we were talking about the camera modules on the back of the phone. I'm not sure when you cut out. Yeah, it was probably like a minute. So would you mind going back to that real quick? Sure. Um, I think one of the exciting things that, at least for me, about this new phone is the fact that you're going to have these new modules that can interface with the back of the camera. They have a little pogo pad, like this kind of bouncing contacts in the back. 
and it enables you to put these modules that have, say, different lenses, different sensors. And what you could see is people having a 6K camera in their pocket um, and that they can upgrade to, say, a 12K camera when that little sensor comes out. And so I think they're making a new kind of bulletproof platform so they can put some high-end hardware on the back of the phone. Right. So you would be able to, like, essentially... You know, you, you, you get the you get the module and then and then to, to really have the to really, you know, kind of like tailor your tailor your 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 capabilities with the requirements. You buy these, you know, uh, adapt these these modules onto the phone that, you know, specific to the job that you're doing. So Correct. I think, dude, I think that's like the genius kind of shit about it is like, it is. I mean, they're going to give you an amazing product right off the bat, like right off the bat, yeah. that phone, whatever camera comes on the phone is already going to blow everything away. But then there's always those guys and I'm one of them that want a little bit higher quality. So why not make an, an add on so you could have that higher quality. And then you're kind of meeting two markets at once. It's absolutely brilliant. They've done a really good job at that kind of stuff. Oh, dude. Uh, I mean, it's, it's like they're, they're, they're almost taking like a market of like, they're, they're almost like iPhone can't do this. They just can't do this. No, you know, Apple can't do this. It's like we're starting to see, you know, this like, you know, this, with with Apple and Google, we're starting to see that, like, well, we've been seeing like an Apple versus Microsoft kind of thing back in like the 80s and stuff like that. And now, it's like, all of a sudden, you show the world like you can produce fucking amazing films on a phone. Yeah. And all of a sudden, it's like, all right, well, now that the now since the operating system is open and anybody can produce a phone. So, you know, why doesn't like Pixar produce an Android phone to do, you know, animations or something like that? So it's like I think we're I think we're just at the at the cusp of what's actually going to happen. Absolutely. I mean, technology has changed. It's now in our pockets and for technology giants to realize that and to make these phones integrate with everything that we do. I mean, it's kind of the next step. It's also the next step towards Skynet which scares me <laughs> yeah AI is right around the corner as well oh yeah dude i was reading something yesterday about so i guess they're predicting the singularity coming in like 25 20 years something like that ray kurzweil at google is talking about yeah. that but yeah they're saying that the that the ai will actually get smarter than humans and have the capability of destroying us within 25 years i don't know if that's true or not that sure is scary, and I could see that happening with the way technology is going as fast as it is. Well, so that's what—that's actually what Elon Musk. That's why he created that. Have you have you heard about this company called Neuralink? I haven't heard about Neuralink, but I will say Elon Musk is straight up my hero. And what he did the other day and showed the world with Falcon Heavy was by far the sickest thing I've ever seen. Period. Oh, dude, oh, I can't stop watching it. It's so mind sick. blowing. Mind blowing. I mean, the Starman moment when the fairings on the payload popped open and you see Starman cruising through space <laughs> in a Tesla with real footage being beamed back to Earth. I mean, dude, 
I'm sorry, Spielberg ain't got shit on Musk. <laughs> he's got to show. He's going to show us that. I don't think we're ready for. It. Hey, you're, dude. You're right. Like the combination of like engineering expertise with like the ability to be like you know a Steve Jobs esque like salesman for the products that he that he that he that he sells is is unparalleled. He's like Steve Jobs times a hundred. But what I love him is it's like for me. Elon Musk is a giant middle finger to a lot of norms in America. Banking. Let's start with that. PayPal. What'd he do? He said, you know what? I'm going to put banking into the individual's hands and let them deal with it rather than this middleman. So right then, boom, he kind of totally said, screw you to an industry, did his own thing, sold it. And then he goes, you know what? I'm going to start making rockets because NASA is too expensive and they don't know what they're doing. He kills it with that. And now he's like, you know what? I'm going to totally take the car market on. And the Tesla is one of the sickest cars and where it's going in the future and how they also cut out the middleman of the salesman. And you can deal directly with Tesla is a whole new business model. And then it continues on with the boring machine. We have tunnels being going under L.A. for Hyperloop so I can get my ass to work much quicker. <laughs> I mean, everything this guy is doing, man, I just like want to give him a hug. It's almost like, you know, just one of the companies is is more than like 10 lifetimes of human achievement for one person, let alone like 10 companies that are like doing, you know, scalable, successful projects on so many different levels, improving humanity. You're and right. it's like, dude, this the, this company Neuralink, I'm going to send you I'm going to send you this link. Tell me about Neuralink. So what are they? Oh, doing? dude. They so this actually is applicable to like the future of skateboarding and actually what's going to be going down. But um, it's it's a brain machine interface company. So <laughs> Elon has always Elon has always been this you know, has, has been warning everybody about the advent of AI and when singularity is is here, it's like we will essentially be pets to the AI unless we have a system to be equal or better to them so he's like the only way we can be equal or better to them is to actually integrate ourselves with the ai and so he's created this company called Neuralink, which basically fuses it's it's almost like cyborg shit where it's like you have a you have an inner you have a, a an interface into your brain with like full connectivity oh dude johnny so, the mic yeah exactly and the capabilities of the, this this article that I read on Wait But Why by Tim Urban. Tim Urban's a G, by the way. You should read his shit. He writes a book length blog post on this company, and this dude is Tim Urban is so gnarly that Elon's secretary called him and said, "Elon would like to talk to you about some of his companies. Would you be available to come and uh, meet him at uh, SpaceX campus?" And he was like, yeah, of course, dude. So <laughs> he goes and he meets Elon, does interviews and everything. And then Elon like gives him over to Neuralink and he interviews all the people at Neuralink and he writes this blog post. And it's like, he's like at the, at the end of it, it, it's so crazy. Like the ability, one of the things they're talking about is like thought to thought communication. So basically he said, Talking is going to be a thing of the past. 
we're not going to talk anymore. Like, unless we want to add emphasis to a conversation, like with sounds, we will not talk anymore. We will just have direct brain to brain communication. So if I have an entire thought, so wild, which is like very crudely explained through human speech, the only way we've been able to do it so far, instead, I will just connect to your brain and understand the thought that you have in its entirety. <laughs> you don't want to connect to my brain. <laughs> <laughs> and that wheel is always spinning. <laughs> oh, for sure. For sure. The other thing that I thought was, was insanely rad was like being able to uh, hook up to a person's uh, senses. So say like you're in, you're, you're in a jet you know, filming uh, something for shot over and you're like, dude, this is insane. And you like, you do a direct thought connection to me and say, Brad, you got to check this shit out. And I'm like, okay. And I'm like, you patch me through. And now I'm seeing, I'm seeing your view through your eyes. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm feeling your adrenaline pulsating through your body. I can hear the sounds like I'm there. I am you. What you're talking about right there is exactly where the VR industry is trying to replicate. I mean, this whole boom of VR, wearing goggles, putting headphones on, putting yourself in these motion machines. It's trying to deliver these experiences to people that they can't experience in real life. Right. Which is really rad. And it's kind of taking on. When I was in Korea, man, they got VR everywhere. They had, like, VR snowboarding experience, VR figure skating experience, like, the Olympics was like decked out with VR and Samsung was definitely a forefront on that. And I was just shocked at how many people were lined up to do it and how stoked they were on the experience. And usually you see people put on headsets in the early days and they're like, oh, that was cool. And they put them down and they go on their way. These people were like actually blown away. Um, I didn't do it. <laughs> I didn't want to do it because it was just such a hectic line. But I have to say, I, I kind of wanted to, like, just by seeing their reactions, it was pretty cool. To be able to do that on the Neuralink level is kind of scary. Oh, dude, think about, like, you think about if, if Tony Hawk could broadcast, like, him doing, like, a vert run. Or, like, Pedro Barros doing a, doing a bull run at, like, at the combi for the, the pool party. And you were able to experience exactly what he was doing. Oh, man, like, if you could feel actually, exactly like, feel, what he was feeling. If you could just feel where the muscle memory was for a while, like, Pedro boost. I mean, I would love to learn how to boost like Pedro. <laughs> it could be an amazing teaching tool for people as well. Insane, right? I mean, how are you ever going to learn how to do a tray flip? You know, you got to put down the work on the ground. I guess if you can feel the flick by someone else doing it, man, you could have a much quicker learning curve. Exactly, exactly. If you can, in, if you can embed, you know, the, that muscle memory into your, you know, into your brain and 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 uh, and, and and practice it in in a, in a in a virtual environment. As, as, as real as it would be as if you were doing it and then take it to an actual, you know, skate park, like, dude, you, the, your learning curve could potentially be like shortened by, you know, a factor of like 10 X. So let me ask you this, <clears throat> this is play devil's advocate here, especially looking at this new millennial generation. What about all these kids that are going to, okay, they want to learn how to skateboard. They put the goggles or this Neuralink on. 
and then they realize I'll never be able to skateboard like that. Why should I even try? I'm just going to just get totally immersed in these goggles and then just become like the ultimate couch potato. And watches, <laughs> well, instead of watching skate films, he's, he is the skater, <laughs> like in his mind. You make a good point, actually, because it's almost like, well, shit, like, you know, it, 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 it's almost, you know, you, it's almost like, it's like almost like going from like first class to economy. You're like, yeah, you know, I mean, people get like hooked on like media and their phone and that obsessed with stuff. So I could see people getting totally obsessed with this whole concept of neuro linking and on so many scales. I mean, if you could just think what you could do with that and offer what people are feeling um, as a home experience, I think you see going some sick and twisted ways, too. <laughs> oh, dude, think about just think about like the future of 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 filmmaking, you know, if, if, if you are able to record, if you are, instead of, you know, going to a theater or having a screen, like a a phone to look at, you know, what, what, think about like, you create something from a person's senses, you, you edit like a montage, you know, highlights of a snowboarding trip, where people can subscribe, whatever, a dollar, pay a dollar to watch your to watch your snowboard film. But instead of just watching like a dude, you know, huck airs off a cliff and and just, you know, get buck, you know, in like six foot pow. It's like now you're now, you know, millions of people across the globe can like sit there and just be like, oh, my God, I just had like the most intense experience of my life. This is insane. Like. I don't even <clears throat> can't even talk about it. Like, what how about, does, now? Like, what about the yeah. bad parts that come with, like, say, big mountain snowboarding or riding big twenty rails and stuff like that? The slams. So now you're gonna oh, have people God. feel what slamming is like. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I, I mean, just think, think where that can that. go. Yeah, I mean, you got the stoke. You got the other part, man. It's not self fun and games. You got to yeah, for slam, sure. You know, and oh. and. Can, can someone have like a heart insane. attack from that? Like, oh yeah, happened? you know. I mean, do you have to be in good health to have a neural link going down? <laughs> like, that's where my mind wanders. It's like, oh, dude. <laughs> yeah, by that time we'd probably be able to have such advanced biometrics. It'd be able to like, like do like an automatic like EKG or like echocardiogram on you and say like to like per like to the exact degree like. You are not you are not qualified to watch this. Uh, yeah. To watch this to experience this. Well, I mean, too. To be honest, we're almost there. So I saw a commercial last night, and it was for Apple Watch, and this blew me away. It was a very simple commercial, and it was people reading letters to Apple. Each letter was about how the Apple Watch saved their life because of the heart and health monitoring system. It actually detected heart problems and was able to alert them that they have a heart issue. They went to the doctor and indeed, you know, that watch saved their life. And so we're already having these health devices that we're using, well, originally to keep time. Now it's becoming a way to communicate with people and it's also monitoring our health. Yeah, exactly. Oh, wait, hold on one second, JP. Okay, cool. Yeah, It doesn't work, though, dude. Yeah, it does. 
Wait one second, one second, one second. I'm in, uh, in my old office here. That's where you design all them parks, isn't that office in Ohio? Well, this is, this is, uh, this is, hold on, I don't want to get disconnected, just one second. Yeah, okay. dude, it, it's it's it, it's it's a crazy, crazy, crazy world that we're living in right now, and it's only going to get crazier. I think, it, like, I'm 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 convinced that we're possibly living in the most exciting generation that has ever you know experienced planet Earth. And oh we're like, yeah, we're on Absolutely. the we're on the cusp of like insane amounts of change coming soon yeah i mean it's changing very fast and i mean it's also an exciting time for you know regulations too because all this new technology and what you're going to see being regulated as well right now they are trying and this is not good but they are trying to um regulate bandwidth in america oh yeah with uh yes. with uh yeah um, what's it called? Uh, um, so they are going net, they're net gonna, neutrality. They're gonna net neutrality, exactly. And I was like, and that man is the beginning of a huge can of worms that I hope we wouldn't see in our lifetime, but I think it's inevitable. Yeah, for sure, dude. And so it's definitely going to be interesting. Um, but yeah, I mean, with the good technology comes the bad, and we're just going to have to ride that wave. But you know what, dude? I honestly think like I I don't I don't know how I don't I don't know how long that I mean net neutrality. Okay, so so you know close it off. Put put uh, you know speedometers on on internet usage and be able to sites go faster and et cetera, et cetera. I think the technology is, I think dudes will just figure out another way around that. Well, that's a good thing is that there's a lot of smart people that will always have, and there's always another way. Um, that's for sure. No, yeah, no, no doubt. So what let's, let's talk about what is, what are the most ex exciting things going on in your life project wise at the moment? Project-wise, well, we've done some really cool stuff this year. Um, two of the latest projects I worked on, one of them was called the Cinejet, and the other one is called the Hammerhead. So the Cinejet is a L-39 fighter jet, essentially. It's a small fighter jet that a lot of dudes that fly, the larger ones like the F-16s and the 22s, it's what they train on. It's a Polish um, craft. And so we stuck a camera on it. Um, and it took quite some time. Um, this pilot came up to me. His name's Kevin LaRosa. He's real legendary. His dad was Airwolf, and he kind of groomed <laughs> him into being this amazing pilot for drones, uh, jets, props, uh, rotorcraft, you name it. So he's like, hey, JP, I want to stick this camera on here. And I was like, you're fucking crazy. Just like, that's insane. I was just like, how are we going to do that? And he just wouldn't stop. He kept cracking the whip. And the next thing I know, I'm strapped in the back of a fighter jet about to do the first envelope test of 350 knots at three G's in an inverted loop. 
And it was so rad, but so terrifying at the same time, knowing I was the first person to take up that system at that speed um, with that type of G-force. And it worked. Yeah, It worked like a charm. 350 knots is about 400 miles an hour. Yeah, I think it's like 420 miles an hour and then three Gs, which is the equivalent of what it felt like to me about a 900-pound man sitting on top of your head while you're trying to hold the joystick and point the camera. Wow. Uh, It was super rad, and we had our first client with it. So we did a lot of testing. We released some reels. And then as of two weeks ago, Delta um, and Beam uh, Beam Imagination hired us to do a launch of one of their new, I believe it was a 350 that they have coming out, one of their new um, super fancy uh, Airbus birds. So that was fun. Oh, dude, it was a lot. Yeah, of fun. for sure. I saw I saw your Instagram. Yeah, and it was like it 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 was it was one of it's one of my one of my one of my childhood dreams is to, is to do exactly. And that, it was. Dude. I have to say, it was kind of terrifying having like the ejection seat protocol going through that because it's not just like one button you hit. Like, there's so much stuff going on depending on the situation. Of you're going to open the canopy and spin the plane upside down, or you're going to shoot out the canopy. And then release from your seat and then parachute out? Are you going to eject everything at once and you're going to send your body in the air? And then what happens if that fails and you have this fail-safe mechanism? And I just remember going through that training and I was just like, oh, my God. I'm like, what have I signed up for for my profession? This is crazy. Oh, yeah, for sure, dude. That's got to be a highlight of your fucking career. It was pretty dope. And then we did something like super technically. That was technically hard but it was a single camera. But we have a client that wanted to fly three red monstros, the new 8K Vista Visions, in the air at the same time and create like a 16K image, um, which is over 100 megapixels. And so he could offer these high-resolution plates to people. And we called it the K1 Hammerhead. So the guys in New Zealand made all the brackets for three cameras to fit. And then me and my boys, we did all the electronics. So we had three lenses all synced, turning at the same time, and then we would change one setting on one camera. It would change the settings on all of the cameras, and we flew over New York with Phil Holland, a legendary cinematographer, and we basically like ironed out the kinks like in two days. And like first test flight was horrible, and we had to make all these changes and super stressful. And then you know we figured out the problem and got everything all lined up. And shot some beautiful imagery. And you're about to see a piece release from us pretty soon. Um, <clears throat> which is just crazy because the kind of the field of view you get when you have three wide angle lenses next to each other, it's like we were flying down Manhattan, but you can see the river on both sides of the island. So it was like instead of just seeing like one side of the island and like this beautiful body of water, you can actually see the water wrapping around the island. It was an image I haven't seen before. It was just so rad, and the client was so stoked. And so now we're able to offer this configurable array system to our clients that want to kind of take the next level where one camera is not enough these days. Oh, of course, dude. They're like, yeah. Yeah. So what, what is that? What, when is that coming out? There's some stills that have been released online. You should probably see a little cut reel from us by NAB, uh, which is this giant, like, camera broadcast show where all the geeks get together with their new gear and their latest content and they kind of display it to the world 
and that's in April in Vegas. Okay, so April in Vegas, y'all can check everything out. What's it? What's it? What's it? Is that a convention or? Yeah, it's a, a huge uh, convention. It's called NAB. If you're into cameras, it's a must. Um, it's where you actually get to put your hands on all of these like hundred thousand dollar lenses and these insane cameras and lights and focus iris and zoom systems and grip gear and helicopter systems and all that fun stuff oh that's sick dude yeah it's it's a good nerd nerd fest that's for sure hell yeah hell yeah hell yeah so what's what's the next step jp what i mean what can you what what do you what what's going what can you possibly do after this well we got something cooking up. Um, at NAB, you will see. I know you got something cooking us. up. <laughs> we have a new system coming out. I can't talk too much about it, but let's just say it kind of fits the need of, of a particular client. Um, and there's a lot of them out there, and it's something people have been asking us for a while. So stay tuned. You're going to see something in two months released from us. It's going to be pretty rad. So this is a, this is a new shot over project pro, product. Yep. Is that what you're? Is that what you're? Okay. We have a new shot over gimbal okay. coming out. Okay. All right. And that's always a big deal. So yeah, we, we add a new gimbal, you know, because right now we have three oh, gimbals sure. and we've been around for about seven years. So it's about every two two years and a bit we come out with something new. And our last gimbal is called the G1, which basically is this small gimbal that you can put on a car, a drone, a motorcycle, a jet ski. We had it on an ultralight the other day. I mean, you name it, you can strap it on there. So we're kind of going with that. And, you know, we got something that's going to complement it nicely. Sick, dude. Sick. Um, so everybody out there, coming soon, new shot of her product, new gimbal, capture all the most insane footage that 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 the world is uh, thirsting for and uh jp has been uh, integral into the the development the 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 technical um you know fixing going all over all over the world to create this the imagery that you see on the screen that just is absolutely mind-blowing and i know that I know JP that you got to go soon, and I just wanted to say um, uh, I just wanted to to thank you so much for spending the time with us today and talking about uh, all the new technology out and how it's you know possibly going to influence our lives in skateboarding and otherwise. And uh, just super stoked that that we had this chance to talk, dude. Always, always, always stoked to to sit down with you. Absolutely, brother. man. It's always good to talk to you. And I'll leave the viewers with one thing: if you guys want to see some good shot over footage and see what the uh, system's capable, go ahead to iTunes, download the Flat Earth as a skate film from Ty Evans and a bunch of us nerds that we all came together and we kind of threw all the rules out the window and said, "What can you do with these images?" That's a perfect example of what you can do. So go check it out if you haven't seen it yet. Flat Earth on iTunes. You can you can rent it or buy it today. Ty Evans' latest film with some hardcore dudes out there. We got our boy Chase Webb crushing it. Got Jamie Friggin Foy, Cody Lockwood, Jamie Foy, Michael Paluzzi, Carlos Iki. Gnarly. It's gnarly, man. Gnarly. If you guys are into bent metal, man. The rails that go down in that film, I think we're uh, probably some of the most legendary ones to 
hit the silver screen to date. Sick. And where can people find you on the on the uh, on the socials or the interwebs? Only on Instagram. You can find me at jip underscore zero one j i p underscore zero one, and you can also find us at shot over camera systems. Sick. So everybody out there, if you have a chance, you want to see what JP is doing, go to j i p underscore o one on uh, Instagram and go check out his feed. Send him some questions, comments. I'm sure he'd love to hear from y'all. So, uh, yeah, I answer yeah, any dude. tech question. If you guys got a tech question, send it my way. I'm always answering those for people on the Insta. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. All right, JP. Good man, B-Rad. Stay warm out there in Ohio. Will do, brother, and have, uh, have fun, whatever you're doing in uh, sunny California. Awesome. Cheers, my dude. Have a great day. Yeah. Later, brother.